Welcome to Kyle and Dave vs. the Machine. My name is Kyle. Yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to fight. I'm a fighter. Yeah, oh, I'm good. a fighter. Ding ding. And I'm the machine. This is a podcast where a sentient machine is forcing us each season to watch movies from a specific year in order to prevent it from starting the apocalypse. Uh, the year just so happens to be 2018 this season. You know, the machine still threatens our lives if we don't review the films it asks us to. Although, we do tend to talk about the ideas of the movie rather than the movie itself. And today, we're going to be watching the film Creed 2. If we don't do what we love... wouldn't exist. It's time, kid. It's like nothing really matters to him right now. Including me. You gotta think real hard about this. You got people that need you now. I'm taking the fight. Can you do the thing where Rocky used to, when he fought Apollo? Ding, ding. Not the music. Not that Creed. That Creed's dead. So, of course, a big thank you to our patrons over on Patreon there contributions help us continue this show since you know the machine doesn't help us pay for these movies plus each month we do a bonus episode over there this month we we're talking about because we're still in 1982 over in our bonus uh, episodes over on patreon we're talking about liquid sky the cult classic liquid sky can't wait now before we get into talking about this week's film we do have to do this one thing you know people come to us listening far and wide uh, because of our erudite Oh, did you write that down to use that on, word today? Nice. <laughs> I like it. Uh, on film and history. But they also come to us because of our deep and rich fiction that we provide to them each and every month. This basically is a fiction <laughs> podcast that we're also doing. And people I remember from our first episode this season where there's just a, a menagerie mm, or a menagerie, some one? people will right. say, of a bunch of rabbits have been what? collected here in my house. Yeah. There's a bunch of rabbits that were encircling us as we were recording on our episode on The Favorite. Dave can't remember last week. It's him trying to remember two weeks ago. It's just too much work. Uh, I'm pretty sure last week you just flat out uh, gave up on writing any fictional aspect of this podcast. That is true. <laughs> and I threw it to you and you totally punted it. You just could not even. Wow. I finally give you the reins, Dave, and you totally sank it right into the swamp. I don't remember any rain giving. I'm pretty sure you just sighed and uh, lay down on your face metaphorically speaking yeah mm. anyways so I'm, I'm thinking because of all these rabbits around here i'm going to start a new business yes pelts pelts well I, I was thinking more like selling them to other people what they do with them at that point is Sell up to the them pelts. i don't really Probably care make more money so kyle's rabbits i think i'm going to start this business That's a new business name. our last yeah, business yeah. last year went so well it did we made at right? least a quarter and then of course the embezzling and then our arch nemesis DDS DDS has been it really we're all it was chasing us through time and, and space there we for should a write while scripts and, for Marvel because we do not know how to develop characters at all well you can't do any voices so like you are you, oh, that's true <laughs> it's it you're, you're laying down on the job mm -hmm. just to have that in the back of everyone's mind I have a new business called Kyle's rabbits the K is silent in the rabbits but Kyle's <laughs> rabbits Kyle's Carabbits. Oh, Are you going to um, add a third K next week? That's completely getting cut out of this episode. That's not going anywhere. But anyways, so what are you worried about? Uh, uh, people are waiting with bated breath to see how this develops over the next 49 Baited, weeks. So we can bring in the rabbits and collect their pelts. Mm -hmm. 
I have a great human pill collection. Dave, you know, last year we were talking about the year 1982. And in the year 1982, there was a little film, film. called Rocky mm-hmm. 3 that yep. came out. Now, since that time, there has been a bunch oh, of yeah, things yeah. that have happened in like the Rocky franchise. Mm-hmm. For instance, Rocky Four came out a few years after to introduce us Imagine to- Imagine if that were to factor into this film. Strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Introduced to Ivan Drago. Ooh. Ivan. He's man. He's not a machine. <laughs> Rocky Five comes out Garbage. and shows us like, oh, movies can be really bad. <laughs> Tommy Gunn, baby. And I don't mean any disrespect because he tragically passed away, but also showed us that Sylvester Stallone's kid can't act very well. Wow. Just cut to the quick. Well, you t- prove me wrong, Dave. Tell me if I'm wrong. Just wondering whether she didn't be uh, mentioned at all. Okay. Well, that'll be cut out. That won't even be in the podcast. <laughs> Just keep so. it all in. What are you worried about? Then the movie- Rocky Balboa comes out, completely ruining the naming scheme (laughs) of the previous five films. So if you show it on a shelf, it looks totally ridiculous. Also destroyed the joke in Airplane. Which I don't, I don't actually know what the consensus is around that. I know that you and I are like bigger fans of that movie than I think is normal. (laughs) To be honest with you, I love that movie. I actually think it's really, really good. It did well in the theaters. It did well critically. Made it so that they wanted to do a spinoff. Yeah. What happened to Milo Ventimiglia? What's, wait, wait. Say it again. I was not paying attention. Whatever happened to Milo Ventimiglia, or however you pronounce his last name? Heroes was a good show. Was it? Yeah, I liked the first season. I enjoyed it. He was Jess on Gilmore Girls? No. Jess on Gilmore <laughs> Girls? <laughs> sorry, yeah. sorry, Dave. He was Jess on Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I'd like to paint a picture of the type of people who like Gilmore Girls, but you can easily Google Kyle Marshall. Cool people. Yeah. Cool people. <laughs> Gilmore All Girls. Right. Um, anyway, so yeah, This Is Us. Is that the show that he's also I on? I also do not watch that show. It's a show where everyone tells me who loves it cries every single mm. episode they watch. So it's like one of those types of shows. That's Well, that's why I watch content kyle because i just want to cry every time i turn on my tv well you're fucking weird and that you want to have no emotions when you watch no, a movie my which problem I is i have is... too many emotions as i learned at my uh, <laughs> pelvic floor specialist kyle i'm already too tense mm-hmm. too tense in the pelvic area uh, less discussion around your pelvis the better i would say you'll notice i did not ask to cut that out so yes milo ventimiglia was in 106 episodes of This Is yeah. Us that ran from uh, 2016 until 2022. Like last last so week. just wrapped yeah. up. Let me bring this up. I don't have a dog in this fight. It, it, it just He has such a look to him that you would almost think he'd become like the big oh, could have like, made marquee it? movie person. Mm. But I don't know. Maybe he just didn't care and he stayed in television. I don't you know. You know, I was watching uh, Shang-Chi yesterday. Because as you yeah. know, I, I'm not a huge Simu Liu fan. But not because he's no. not... I mean, he's so sweet and charming. But I was watching that movie and I thought, I think to be a movie actor, it's not about being cute or pretty. You have to be a little weird. You have to have a little weirdness on you. Because hmm. Aquafina is great in films. But she's not... Something. I don't know. It's just something, right? This like, is a fascinating theory that I've never thought of before, but I think you might be right. I mean, there's the whole Tom Cruise thing, weird. right? Yeah. Like, kind of right, super weird. But even like if we talk about the newer stars, like I think Timothy Chalamet is super, super weird, weird if you ever see yeah. him in interviewed. Like, but he's, he's a weirdo. in a film, right? Yeah. But like Channing Tatum, same thing. He's, he's a little, little off. offbeat and weird mm-hmm. to be seen. So, and he's, yeah, he became more popular when he went full extra. When he was playing it, like when he did Step Up and he was 
really flat because you can tell he's like nervous this first film he's kind of half invisible in that but i don't know if his next movie is magic mike but whatever he starts doing after that his comedy is fucking hilarious because he's yeah. insane he's a nutter colin farrell after he stopped trying to be right American. he was awful when he couldn't do the accent and now he's just amazing because he's himself Watch every interview he's done for Banshees, and it's the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever yeah. watched in my entire life. And it's I so good. I just think there's something to that, because uh, the other thing I was watching, Simulu, I swear, he, it feels like he's apologizing that he's in the movie the whole way. It's the Canadian <laughs> in him. I, his body language <laughs> is sure, a sorry. Sure. Like, it's, it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. But that movie is actually, compared to modern MC films, might be the best one since Avengers, which oddly enough. I think it's bad. It is bad, but, but, um, but everything else yeah. is worse. <laughs> Well, that yeah. would be true. I'll talk about another one next week. We don't know that yet, Dave. Right, Not right. For sure. Yeah, yeah. From my rewriting of history here a bit, mm -hmm. Rocky Balboa, the movie Rocky Balboa, when uh, Rocky's an old man and he decides to get into the ring one more time to prove his worth, is, uh, I wouldn't say like a surprise hit, but does do a little bit better than what the studio thought it was going to yeah. do, which kind of speed rolls this idea of like, well, maybe we can do some sort of like evolution spinoff like still Rebound, really. in the ring. Yeah, it yeah. starts to be like unbelievable at a certain point and so the first creed comes out and i think it's 2015 mm -hmm. is when the first creed movie comes out and that's the movie where i'll just say anecdotally for me when i saw trailers for that i rolled my eyes so oh, really? much like oh god what oh. a stupid thing to try and extend this franchise this cannot actually be good and then i saw the reviews coming out and i'm like wait what is it is it actually really good and then they went and watched them like oh yeah it's actually pretty decent it's pretty solid little boxing film so it's a little I don't know. boxing I don't know film it's a little, it's a little boxing film it was part of that mid-2010s essentially pre-blm movement film it came out to fruitful station and everybody's like yeah. we need more young black drama and they use the Rocky vehicle, but that is also a civil rights film. It's about class oppression and fucking yeah. I want to you know stuff. Like I want to circle back to that yeah. specifically in the discussion. This of, one isn't, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah I want to talk about more about that within this franchise. But the, what's so fascinating about that first movie is that it's one of the few what are now referred to, and hey, I did not come up with this term, but it seems like the agreed upon term nowadays, which is it's the legacy sequel. Ew. <laughs> I know it's I hate it it's bad mouthfeel all, all right, around it's right. awful to say but it's like we're going to essentially like reboot a franchise still have some of the original cast come over oh, I see but have a new cast there to try and take over the reins and like take it forward aka the MCU well not even the MCU like I'm talking like Scream 5 I'm talking oh, there's a bunch of them that came out in the mid 2000s where it was like we're going to reboot this really old franchise everybody's in but it. still keep a bunch of them over the Harrison Ford like the Indiana Jones stuff like that was supposed to be yeah, what was going to happen and didn't then, move his lose his mind yeah yeah you can write in there's other ones there's other See, examples out Shia there Shia LaBeouf he's weird and when you watch him in a film yeah. you have to watch him because you're like what is this weirdo gonna do acting that's what he's going to do, Kyle. <laughs> Acting. My point about the first Creed movie is that it's one of the few that I think that does it right, where it doesn't feel so precious yes. about the original stuff or the original films, where it still is trying to be its own film. Yeah, it's about Adonis, and you're happy Rocky's yeah. in it. Like, yeah, Rocky is very much 
the supporting yes. character in that. And why Stallone gets a Best Supporting Actor nomination out of that movie, which was also a bit surprising. Oh, he's good in it. He's a... Ooh, we've talked about him a lot. He's an underrated actor. Maybe not Oscar underrated, but... So, I, I mean, that's a lot of stuff I just went through. A bunch of the Rocky sequels, the first Creed, anything you wanted to add on about those. Yeah, I will add this. The Rocky films are supposed to be fun, Kyle. They're supposed to be fun. Mm. You know, sports films should be kind of fun and even though creed was very gritty and it was a great instance of a protagonist that i really detested at the beginning and grow to love as he tries to find himself you know it's a it's a good trope it's still fun because we want to see this true under this rocky reboot in the sense that this kid has no business being where he wants to be but mm -hmm. puts in the work and gets his shot and it's great and we'll see if that holds up in this film I, I think what's so compelling about that first creed movie though what the underpinning is is that it's a it's a young man who's Abandoned trying to find a family system. like yeah. he's trying to find belonging somewhere his dad was killed before he could find him his real mother dies early he's tossed around a, a system that um ca causes him to be abusive so it's like he doesn't see he's i think he's in search of something yes where he feels safe and boxing seems to be his outlet yeah because he can punch it out sort yes. of except it's not working this mm -hmm. is if mcu had any cojones this is what would have made Spider-Man's weird obsession with Iron Man believable. <laughs> mm, mm -hmm. uh, but they wouldn't do that treatment, so it looks fucking weird. And this one, yeah, he, he needs support. And it, it's fun to watch because we see a class struggle and civil rights problems, right? And the oppression of this kid who's abandoned into the system. But even him finding Rocky, that tension and what it takes mm -hmm. for them to trust each other. I mean, that's really, yeah, like you said, that's the meat. The boxing is great. It's great dressing and it makes it exciting to watch, but it's their relationship. I used to be a fighter until an opponent popped off my head. We said this even in, in our Rocky Three discussion. I think the secret sauce of the best of the Rocky franchise is that the boxing really isn't the important part no. of it. Like, yeah, that's the cool part. And it's like the cap off of who he's facing. The music is so additive to that. Mm -hmm. But really, like when I go back to watch the original Rocky film, it's him skating with Adrian. Yeah. It's him walking around. It's his interactions with Polly. Like that's the stuff that makes that film the best. Walking aimlessly on a dock because he actually yeah. has no life. No, but it's such an important sequence because we want yeah. to see how lonely he is. It's not just you know, 90 minutes montage like Rocky three. And it's not <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, kind of a toneless mess maybe that this might be. Well, well God, you keep wanting to like jump ahead here it's too been much. 19 minutes. Let's roll. I want to talk about the, essentially the two leads of this film. Okay. So Michael B. Jordan and Tessa Thompson. I, well, I like them a lot. I don't have any specific feelings. I mean, Michael B. Jordan, of course, we, we may be talking about him again this year. We're going to be talking about Tessa Thompson again this year too, probably. Well, so Yeah. And maybe the uh, Drago's son is in Shang-Chi as well. Oh, I didn't know that. As that's Razor Hand. Oh, yeah, okay. that's right. Huge Marvel. That's probably why I'm emceeing all over the intro of this thing. They're all Marvel superheroes or villains in this. I like them. I like Tessa Thompson a lot. I like that she exhibits a pretty good range. I don't like how mm -hmm. she's costumed in this film, but I thought she was great in right. Creed. I'm trying to think of what, what, what movie was I saw her first thing because Creed was not. It was uh, another movie that came out right before that. Last Brother something something. She was in that. Uh, but that's a Netflix movie. So maybe, no, that was probably after. Oh, Selma. That's the movie. Oh, I think Selma. She's, okay. She has a, little, she's a supporting role in Selma. I think that's the first one that I saw her in. And then Creed. And then, of course, she's cast as Valkyrie in the Thor movies. That's basically her career trajectory for me. I think both of them have great capacity for both 
drama and comedy. I just wish Michael B. Jordan would build a comedy or something lighthearted. I'm mm. starting to, it's kind of like Daniel Kaluuya. I'm, I'm starting to associate them with so much angst that it's it's just kind of turning me off a little bit. I, I, I feel like they're going to get wasted into a trope of uh, angry black young men, which right. is too bad. Cause in the mo- well, we haven't talked about this movie, but even in Creed, when he's sweet, you can see it. He can do romance. He can be charming, right? He's so charming. He's a good looking guy. I, I will say I've not seen his action movie. Was it Without Remorse? The oh, on yeah. Amazon Prime? No, it's just, yeah. It's just him shooting people in the face. Like he can be okay. Well, I was going to say he can be sweet. He can be charming. He can be like, he can be funny in, in some yeah, roles. Yeah, yeah. I, the one thing, okay, this is a bad, bad, bad movie, but I'm just going to bring it up, which is Space Jam 2. I've, I've already stopped listening. The, the only probably like funny joke in that movie is the fact like that the tunes are like, hey, we have to, we have to dig deep. We have to bring someone from our past. Let's get Michael Jordan. And unfortunately, they go and get Michael B. Jordan yeah. instead of the actual Michael Jordan. You're trying but, to oh, sell I didn't know that he was- a Space Jam 2 joke right now. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I didn't even know he was in the movie. So that actually caught me by surprise. Mm-hmm. I actually thought it was going to be the real Michael Jordan that was going to make a cameo. So I knew it wouldn't be because Michael Jordan does not like LeBron James. But that's a whole other ego. See, I, I don't know problem. anything about basketball. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyways, don't watch Space Jam 2. It's an awful movie. But <laughs> Yikes. At any rate, yeah, I, I like them both. I love Felicia Rashad. Oh, Felicia Rashad, she has her own bit of uh, problematic things about sure. her, like, standing with Bill Cosby, like, uh, till her dying day. But she sells the short amount of screen time she has in both of these movies so well. I, I, it's phenomenal to watch her do her thing. I feel like, I mean, Angela Bassett was able to transcend it a bit, but I feel like Felicia Rashad, if she was born 10 years later would have had a bigger film career. Mm-hmm. Well, although she's one of those ones that lays down the groundwork that you can be a very, very great dramatic actress and push against system and, and build a career that way. Yeah, she, she's awesome. I don't know. She's a movie. Like, there's something about her. She can do TV too, obviously, but well, as soon as she, she appears- Claire Huxtable for years. But. but when she appears on a screen, you just believe whatever she's going to be. You're like, yeah. I know. It's like, <laughs> yes, I, I know. You you are so believable. I have, to, I have to say about this movie, of course, they've seen this movie already. This is one of the only handful of movies I did see in a movie theater in 2018 Mm. and i was trying to remember it because from my recollection this was still when i worked at apple uh so i was in the mall one day and i think it was like oh creed 2 came out i didn't even know it was out it's like well yeah sure i'll sit my butt down i'll stay late one night and go and watch this movie yeah so i sat down and watched creed 2 and i was like well that was a movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then i left and went back to my house that's my remembrance of this movie for a second shift yeah how did you see it the first time? I'm pretty sure we were already streaming then, so we may have rented it on Apple. I do not mm-hmm. have a recollection that Helen and I saw this in a theater, because Emerson was still pretty young. And I remember being uh, disappointed by it, because I was a huge fan of the first Creed movie. I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, but I, I think my memory of it is that it just felt hollow and rushed, like they tried to put a lot of little barbs in it um but it mm. was missing some of that drama and, and that look sauce. yeah whatever that thing is we'll talk about it but it was missing yeah, something. i think there's a few different reasons for that having done some uh, more involved research here this week so I, I think there's some reasons here basically marvel fucked us out of a better movie well yes in part that and some other factors as well so let's not beat around the bush here too much let's uh, go and take a little bit of a break we'll thank some sponsors and then when we come back We'll be duking it out over Creed 2. <laughs> when you say duking it out, you got to do duking the inverse fist for sure. Pugilist. 
If someone was to come out of your past and challenge you to a fight, who would it be, Dave? And oh, why well. would they be Russian? Yeah, it would be uh, that Russian guy whose dad did something to my dad. And mm -hmm. then I would be compelled to exact my revenge for that thing that happened to someone else. What was that thing, Dave? Ping pong. I think my parents are really into ping pong right now. Yeah, so it was probably a ping pong match where they cheated to win a set is that are there sets in ping pong i just want to say that if i had said that i would be racist <laughs> so i know where i'm going to cut that out of the episode oh, so that won't, that won't i should let you know that Colin Dave versus the machine is a proud member of the alberta podcast network locally grown community supported the alberta podcast network promotes and supports alberta made podcasts and connects their audiences with alberta based businesses and organizations this week we are brought to you by the edmonton community foundation you know, the foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. You can start an endowment fund yourself or with a group, and once it reaches $10,000, it can start distributing funds. Vital Signs is an annual checkup conducted by the Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with the Edmonton Social Planning Council to measure how the community is doing. You can learn more by going to this website that I'm going to read out right now, which is EC Foundation. Dot org. That's ecfoundation.org. Ooh, dramatic. I like that. I was on the edge of my seat. Kyle, you know this, but maybe some other Albertans don't. There are uh, local utility providers in Alberta. They can offer you yes. internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. You don't have to just stay with the big boys, Kyle. And you know mm -hmm. what? It's actually easy to switch. It's easy to it switch. Is, can I tell, tell you, this is a true story to add into your copy. So this is, they always tell you that the hosts are like adding a real story. It does this not is say a real that story. anywhere here. Yeah. Um, no, they tell you this <laughs> in, like in, in general practice when you're doing podcasts. No, yeah. I, don't, I don't see it. It's not in the, uh, it's okay, not Okay, great. And uh, don't worry, this is all getting cut out of the podcast. So I was overpaying so much oh, yeah. for my natural gas from my previous the company I was yeah, with. It's obscene. That when I switched over and they applied this like, I don't know, rebate program thing, whatever, and they were looking at my bills. I have not paid for natural gas for three months. No, man. Because <laughs> they were applying all the stuff that had not been happening for me. I still can't understand the economics of it because we also switched to a provider years ago. Um, I won't mm. name it because it'll uh, conflict with it, but a very similar type of service. And I don't really understand because they don't manufacture the power. They are sub contracting right. something 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 and it's like a quarter of the rate of fucking nmax or whoever supplies power here that has a large corporate structure so good for the little guys i don't know who's actually paying for it taxes mm -hmm. i have absolutely no idea but uh glad it's not my monthly budget and if you're interested in that it's very easy to switch Kyle. no keep telling about another company except for park power I, oh, i'm very it's, happy it's great no, I'm just glad there's uh, options for us. There won't be for telecommunications soon. Look, if you do decide to switch, nothing actually changes about the delivery of these utilities to your home or your business. If you have an existing contract, which is what Kyle was getting at, you're going to find out the terms before leaving. But if you don't, it's even easier to sign up for Park Power. You, as the consumer, have the choice of who you pay your bills to. Why not choose your friendly local neighborhood Spider-Man? 
All right, Dave. Well, we've sat down and rewatched this movie here again. Yes. And we like to do this before we jump into the discussion of the movie. Kind of set a scene, understand what the plot is all about uh, of the movie. So let me come up with a scenario for us. We have gone and we are going to watch a heavyweight bout. About. For some reason, we've decided to fly to Las Vegas yeah. to take in. The City of Sin. HBO Sports presentation sure. of the heavyweight fight. Is it, uh, what's his face? He's the heavyweight champion right now. I have literally no uh, idea. Tyson Fury is Floyd Merriweather, is he, is he still uh, No, he was never champion? heavyweight. Also, um, I don't know if you follow boxing, but boxing, there's a class for every kilogram. Yeah, there's featherweight, welterweight. Oh, there's like super bantam something, something, something. So it's obnoxious. I, even heavyweight, there's no single heavyweight category anymore. However, the big boy used to be Tyson Fury. I don't can't remember if he retired and somebody else has it now. Oh, also, uh, what are the two brothers? Those guys are fucking enormous. They're Ukrainian. Klitschko? Who cares? What did you call me? Wow. Um, okay, so regardless, we have flown down. We're going to watch a fight among someone to, to combat this. Wow. And uh, as we take our seats, uh-huh. Joe Rogan is there? Gross. And he turns around to us. No. And hands us this copy of Cree 2. Yeah. He's like, first off, can you read this for me? <laughs> and second of all, oh, what's this movie burn. about? Uh, what is Creed 2 ab- about? A uh, newly crowned Adonis Creed, or newly crowned boxing champion Adonis Creed, must face the dark past of his father's death when he meets his father's killer in the ring. Mm-hmm. Well, his father's killer's son, but yes. Oh, right, right. Father's killer's son. But it just gets so, it's even in, in that, it starts getting so convoluted. No, there are too many layers, right? I have a lot to say about this, but okay. So, Dave Id. Hit me. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me with your best shot. Gross. Dave, what is your opinion on this rewatch of Creed 2? Yeah, I still don't really like it. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I just, uh, I feel- I dis- think you're going to be way more negative though on this than I am as far as like scores go. That's I have my, a feeling we'll have the same score because I've seen your letterbox, but you know what my big problem with this film that I led in our episode is it's just not fun. It's it's shot competently. The acting is fine. Um, the writing is convoluted. I feel like at the end of this, that this should have been inverted and this should have been an Ivan Drago, uh, sorry, a Victor Drago film. One thousand percent. Yeah. This, I wanted to wait until later on, but I've concocted this thing. I was trying to do, I did some Google searches to see. There probably is like a better example than this, but from now on, I'm calling this the Ivan Drago Conundrum, <laughs> which is a movie where... Sounds the, like a Clint Eastwood film. Yeah. I know. <laughs> a film where you're a supporting player who isn't seen very much, just has a far more fascinating story than what the protagonist does. I agree. I think this movie should be following Ivan Drago. And I get how they've built Adonis Creed to be this young, narcissistic, egoist, but with daddy issues. But he is so unlikable in this movie that Mm. by the end, I am not championing his return to the ring. I am happy because they use the tried, tested, tried and tested beats of the, of the rebuilding of your body to face the larger obstacle. But they hint at Victor Drago's own psychological torment and it's like, it's all there. Like the, the wealth, the, the yeah, roots. The, the nuts and bolts is it's like all there. of a great story is all there, which I think is why it makes it so yeah. frustrating by the end for me. And the other thing too about original Rocky is that the class struggle is so important 
because Apollo Creed had already uh, found his wealth and his fame, and Rocky was literally on a pier, you know, punching people for money. And uh, this one, they inverted it, but then they tried to bring Adonis back to the grid by going to the uh, Mexican, uh, whatever, training facility. Sure. And now you just have two greedy guys who both have really no real reason to hate each other, frankly, uh, in this big, how long's the last fight? Like 15 minute, you know, cacophony, fucking just... Yeah thrown shit on the film i mean i don't i don't know i actually don't mind that last fight no, the fight itself was shot okay the training is fun you know what i had this thought wouldn't it have been cool if they had shown the training and then when he's in the fight did a couple of cuts to overlay the training sequences he has like when he's pulling himself off the mat it looks just like when he's pulling himself off the road in the run if we had just done these little call outs of that's what the training was meant to do you know when he's getting the body beats on the ribs i think it would have been more sure. interesting I, but this is i think what is the fatal flaw that happens in this movie is that they have him win the championship in the first 10 minutes mm. i think it's, it's such a mistake to have him be the champion for the whole basically the entire runtime of this movie I, I i'm reminded of being like the big wrestling fan that i am so many times like my favorite storylines from professional wrestling actually have nothing to do with the belt it's like a grudge match or it's like a blow off to like this long feud that's happened occasionally it can involve a championship match as well but honestly my favorite matches of all time very few of them are like it was for the championship that this match was being fought for um and occasionally what can happen in pro wrestling companies is that they put a championship on someone because they think they have to add more stakes to to the feud and this movie does the same thing i think you don't need it. It's too much. And, if you, and I know that we had this conversation about Rocky II, about it basically being inconsequential for the entire series. But they had the right idea where it's like him still having to fight and to get the championship at the very, very end. Mm. This just feels like so perfunctory. It's like, oh, well, now he's champion now. And now he has this struggle. I feel like the impulse is that we need to give him everything and try and take everything away from him. But I don't think you need the championship for that. I think that that can be even like in the third film. I think they could have waited even longer for him to actually become the champion. Um, and in this one, he loses his body. He can lose his, his girlfriend, his relationship with Rocky. All that can be taken away from him before he starts to add that back on and face yeah. Drago. Anyways, this is my biggest <laughs> nitpick about this movie is that they give him the championship at the very beginning. Yeah, I think, I think that's a big problem. I think that's a big American culture problem that, mm -hmm. my God, I can't remember the director's name in the first film. Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler. Um, and also because the template's there for the Rocky film that he doesn't have to win in a commercial sense at the end. He's winning a spiritual you can go victory. go the distance. Yeah, I just got to do a personal victory. And uh, this film forgets all of that and wants to make a popcorn flick about a guy who's what you want you want to be a champion he's got everything he's got a mansion he's got a new wife he's got oh everything's going so great but then this bad guy came and took it away from him and now he's got to go and earn it back which is bullshit if you're going to do that at least do the rocky four thing where it's a cartoon character and he's like mm -hmm. a robot evil something and just throw out uh, any backstory so that we can just enjoy it as a dumb piece of schlock, but they wouldn't do that either. It just suffers from that. I think you're right. It's, it can't choose whether it wants to be a drama or an action film, or whether it wants to uh, take on black lives and their role in America, or just live in this world of rich, inconsequential fucking, I can do whatever I want. Oh, but people won't buy my records. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Then they try to flip that on because the girl's going to be deaf when she's born, but they don't 
follow through with it. It's just another surface tragedy that they at the right. end are smiling about. It's weird. It's it's missing a lot of uh, its guts. Well, especially I think I, don't I know. mean I basically I know this is getting us into trouble because we're trying to rewrite a movie. No, please continue. I'm sure you both are accomplished screenwriters. My fix, quote unquote, would mean perhaps less Tessa Thompson. But maybe there's just another more elegant way we oh, can bring her into. Why did she sing when she's line? walking him in the ring at the end? It's weird. There's just a lot of little add-on parts. A little side tangent on that. I want one of these films just once to show us the rehearsal process <laughs> of how they came up with like how they're getting to the ring. Because yeah. like Apollo Creed, if you watch those Rocky films, like it's very yeah elaborate, like, choreographed him coming to the ring. It's like. How did he have time to do this while he's doing all this, like well, running on the beach and being sweaty? Well, <laughs> modern modern fighters do do this, and uh, there is a huge culture of uh, choreographed entries. You know, mm-hmm. from every level, from lower level MMA to top level boxing, it's not Apollo Creed with like James Brown and you know, right, people right. coming out, but it's pretty close. But I just, I just felt cheap, and I, you know. Anyways, I, my my thing is that. You take out the, you know, 10 minutes of him going and winning the championship. You reduce a bunch of the going to the concerts and all that kind of stuff so that you can have this really fascinating comparison point between a guy who, again, is you know trying to build family and that kind of stuff, who uh, has lost a lot of people in his life with a guy who has the same thing. Like his father stood beside him, but like lost his mother, lost the respect of his country. So he's trying to prove himself as well. I think you could have had a bunch more but like victor drago i understood his struggle it's fascinating how much um oh my god the actor who plays ivan oh dolph oh dolph lundgren dolph lundgren Lundgren, i think actually gives a fairly decent little supporting performance in this of the the gravitas like i love him and rocky like exchanging glances across the ring oh they never actually touch each other it's like the uh star trek 2 thing i think keeping that struggle of them across the ring is such a cool dramatic thing you could work with while the two symbiotes or whatever wow. brand you want to do yeah. went venom on it eh it went, well i went venom but that's not <laughs> actually what i meant the two uh surrogates what do you call it what's that surrogates surrogates that's actually the word i was trying to think of there are two surrogates in the ring like going back and rehashing this fight from rocky four like that's basically what this yeah. is doing the unfortunate part is this also does the thing like how much i like the first one of being its own thing mm-hmm. This is that classic trap that so many of these Lego sequels get into. They're just going to fight the same person from 30 years ago. It's going to be their son or their cousin or whatever it happens to be. And it just feels like such lazy writing to me. It is. It doesn't feel like it. The point of why we like Rocky is that he had huge, colorful, out there characters that were original to that time. Mm. Like, I don't necessarily even mind that Ivan Drago shows up, but it's like, we don't need it to be his son. We don't need it to be all this other stuff. Like, really? Why don't we just have our own interesting unique characters that he has to fight and improve himself with because this third one too like creed 3 that's coming out in a few weeks i don't know if it's confirmed but i think it might be the son of Uh, the key character from rocky 3 i mean it's basically rocky 3 but i know but it's like are we really doing this like he's like childhood friends from that was in jail i don't think it's good well who knows maybe he grew up in the same neighborhood that's that's what i read on one site but who knows how relevant that is regardless it just feels like just write your own unique characters we don't need it to be the sons of all these other previous people that we already know i think i think to that i think the reason that happened is that stallone wrote this and i think Mm -hmm. he made this a rocky 
Rocky film, which I think was a huge problem. So even though it's Creed, and even though the majority of the dialogue, not even majority, but the slight majority of the dialogue is Michael B. Jordan um, getting some room to develop this character. I mean, the final shot in the fight is Rocky, right? That tells you everything. True. It's it's yeah. so stupid. And by I then, actually think you might be right that that Stallone might have had a bit too much creative yeah. control in this second one. Um, not that some of his Rocky movies were not great, but it's like this is really a Creed film. This is not a, a Rocky film at the end of the well, day. Stallone's also, I think, in that late life thing where he's worried about his legacy. I mean, he's rebooting sure. every fucking thing in his life we'll probably see a demolition man soon i was, gonna, I was right? about to say it i need demolition man too man it's coming Maybe we'll, the secret of the shell snipes is out of jail it's coming <laughs> right it'll be their children or something i just i i just feel like yeah another dredge dread he'll reboot the reboot no more we talk about this my my score is going to go lower than yours but no but here's the thing there, there are some things that i actually genuinely do like sure. I, I i am a fan i know you say you don't really like the creed character i just find him super compelling yes he's angry and yes he's a little bit uh entitled but so so was apollo creed like that that was what that entire character was Yeah, but that's why apollo creed didn't have his own film right well, he was a counterbalance to rocky's complete naivety maybe but i don't think you need to have like a perfect saint of a character to be no, your lead role don't. either but i think that they dealt really like that was a great place to be for creed but for creed 2 it makes him unlikable and i i don't have a solution for that i feel like maybe either we make this a drago movie or we can just kind of like change the tone of his character so it's not just you know i gotta win or i'm gonna punch in the water like it's it actually even though he gives such a great performance it feels a little two-dimensional to me because they can't get out of the angst and even at the end i don't think he learned anything right he just became well, stronger that, i think i think that's the worst thing is that there really is no character arc for creed in this no, movie but this might... there's a character arc for for victor drago yeah. in this movie but like that's why i think it should be focused on him yeah he learns to confront his parents it's, it's fascinating the few small moments that we get of their storyline i think are really effective i do like the the antagonism between him and Rocky and him like I don't like how it's breaking apart and coming back together. It was so cheap to show up in a trophy room and all of a sudden they're like, you know what? Yeah, we're buddies again. Like it's f fucking stupid. It's okay, it's well, really your opinion. it was so weak. It was like one sentence and all of a sudden his entitled angst is evaporated and they're gonna train together, right? Mm -hmm. And beat beat the monster. It wasn't earned. I do like how it's set up, but that's part of why I didn't like Creed 2. He's so petulant and he's just antagonizing Rocky for his own um, weakness, which I know that's an interesting thing to explore, right? In a human dialogue, uh, human narrative mm -hmm. sense, but I don't think it works for this film. You know, that's a different movie. I'm, I'm a in agreement with you that this is underbaked. Like, there's, I think, some great ideas and some great explorations. I guess what I don't know is, like, if this was like the Marvel thing, where this movie is coming out on this day, and they just, just had to get through the production and release this it. This got pushed because of Black Panther. Like, they had time. This was supposed to come out two years earlier, or 2017. Mm, I, I was reading some of the production stuff, too, while I, I was know watching. Creed 3 got pushed because it was supposed to be out in November and had to get pushed to March. Because so. of Wakanda? Or? No, I think I think it just got pushed because of post-production. Yeah. Regardless, but I'm just saying that so many of these tentpole movies, these blockbuster movies, have set release days. So it's like, you know what? Script is good enough because we have to go into production tomorrow. Actually, I think you're right. Like, they shoot this and it's released like four months after, right? For a film of this scale, I think you might be right. Maybe the production company is just like, it's got to come out here. You haven't started shooting it. If you want it, 
it's got to be done now uh warts right. and all maybe so i think i think that might be part of it because it's like man like another pass or two and i think we would have ironed out some of these things it just feels so inconsistent at the same time i took it upon myself this week i didn't just rewatch the first creed movie i actually rewatched rocky 4 i would take this movie over rocky 4 <laughs> i think it's a better movie than rocky 4 i know we disagree on that i also th- think it's probably slightly better than rocky 3 so i mean it's not like it's a complete waste of time but like here's the I thing don't know. i i think I was reading uh, some negative reviews on movies in general because I'm realizing how fucking right. stupid people are on Letterboxd trying to sound smart. I was at my psychiatrist yesterday and he was asking this problem of why people can't just have fun. We're, we're a culture now that's allergic to fun. Rocky Four was designed for fun. And even if Stallone regrets it, it's designed to be a fucking stupid movie. But we see a rock'em sock'em fight with a giant a dolphin. robot in yeah. there. Yeah. And, and at the end, the good guy wins. And it's not meant to be intellectually stimulating. We're not supposed to sit there for, I think, the ni- it's on like a 90-minute runtime yeah, to see it's Rocky sa- salvage his marriage. Nobody gives a shit. We just want to see his abs, and we want to see him uh, punch a hole through well, Dolph Lundgren. I mean, I, I like some of that other stuff, too. But no, I'm not saying I, that I it that isn't there. Be... I'm just saying that wasn't the purpose. But I think that's where sure. this movie misses its mark. It needs to choose one or well, the other. Yeah, I, I will agree in the in the overall, there is like that dourness, that self-seriousness that so many films have because for better or for worse, I honestly think that Christopher Nolan did this to popular culture, which is like, in order to be well-regarded, it has to be like a dark, dreary, like gritty reboot Aww. of a thing that used to be fun and frivolous and... And, uh, no, that's not true. I mean, Tim Burton as silly as he is, that Batman, I can't show my son. Right? But it's I silly, think, though. No, like, I think you, you would agree. Watch that movie, it's silly. I think you would agree. He can watch, I mean, he's watched too much MCU, but he can watch an MCU film, but not Tim Burton's original Batman. Just the fact that Jack Nicholson has, you know, like, been dropped in a vat of acid and has a woman who's disfigured her face. These are not child fun things these are adult silly things and i think that's that's not that's but you want child fun things then for rocky is what you're saying well i think rocky is a fun thing you can show to kids if you're okay with them watching boxing i mean that's a whole other personal uh, ethics thing you know some people just don't like fighting in general but it's not grotesque you know i'm sure some of the wounds I mean, they're bleeding yeah some of the wounds are something but it's within the context of that so if you're the type of person who watches ufc with your kids you've seen much worse injuries although there is one asterisk which is that i think we talked about this you you can't continue a fight if you close your eye from swelling it's that's true it's just you can't do that but so that's that's also kind of weird such a call out to rocky one like why do we have that in you don't need it you don't need it. he's already got a broken rib why do we need the rocky eye? Well, he's getting punched in the face. I guess that's part of the reason they have to show some sort of swelling. Well, if you watch um, boxing, they swell everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, if you took a picture of a guy at the end of a fight and a picture of a guy at the beginning of a fight, they're not the same human being. It, it's not just sure. one pocket of pus over one eye. It's like, we can do better. But your, but your main point is that you want you would like it if the Creed films had a, a semblance of more fun to them. You got to choose. I think you got to choose. You got to choose to be a popcorn flick or you got to choose to be a hard-hitting uh, drama and they couldn't. They tried to do both. I th- see, I think that that's, movies are trying to have it both ways a lot of times nowadays. But that's why there's so few movies that we appreciate on an entertainment level and this way we get into this problem of uh what did we watch uh, last week was it if beale street could talk or something yeah 
or the critics loved it and the audience didn't or it had like 20% lower yeah yeah i think that's the problem is that we are we're just we're at a place where we don't know what we want in our entertainment and we're just being you know force fed too much content and honestly i think it, it, it's this weird i don't even know how to phrase this because i see both sides of the argument because i think that at times marvel can be because they're the biggest thing in the world so i'm going to pick on them again like you look at thor ragnarok which is like super goofy and out there and outlandish and weird and stuff like that Guardians. and then in the next film which is sensibly like part of the series you have like mass murderers going around and killing children and women yep. it's like there there does seem to be this disconnect of like fun and frivolous and like super gritty and realistic and like uh, really aggressive and stuff like that it feels like there's tones seem to be be off but to be respected by the adults in the audience you have to have that stuff but the other stuff has to be there so that the kids can like it unlike say like an indiana jones which i think is available to anyone like yes it's also kind of like ridiculous and out there but it's a fun adventure that anyone can kind of yeah, you just enjoy you just gotta be careful of the beheading at the beginning yeah but that's the thing like i you know at the beginning of last season you were ready to be upset about genre films but i think what happened in the 80s maybe post star wars is that the audience wanted to turn their brain off and be entertained and what we saw in 71 is that the entertainment was still important but people were going there to have discussions after they left the movie theater. I, I mean, if you're gonna pay money even for Clute, you're not going in there thinking, well, I just do this and go right to bed and my life's great. It's a movie about a detective trying to find a killer through a hooker. Like you're not, you're, that's not like right. popcorn entertainment, right? But, but it's I think, fascinating. I think what is actually now happening well, and I know back. I shouldn't base this off of social media posts, but still, yeah, live too much I feel Twitter. like some of the issue is like, yes, but my Justice League or even, I don't know, insert big popular movie mm -hmm. here does have as much like emotional resonance and like it doesn't. Uh, yeah. intellectual stimulation as The Godfather. And then no. that's where I'm like, well, let's hold on. Like, let's like, let's let's not go so far. Yeah, I do like those movies. I do, too, in, yeah, in many cases. Yeah. But it's like I, you can't compare. I mean, we, there's, we have there's this two problem. different things we're yeah. talking about. We here. have this problem every season. I mean, if anybody knows this, <laughs> it's anyone who writes movies like you can't you can't put office space and The Godfather 2 against each other. Right. But mm -hmm. they'll have a similar score somehow. It's just, you know, that one is it has social commentary office space, but it's meant to be dumb and reverent and satirical right. godfather is meant to be super gritty revelatory and also human drama and there's no fun in it but it is fun if you're in the mood i i, I, I yeah i think that they really need to lean in and i, I am going to go and see creed 3 because i'm still a, a fan of this series enough to want to see the third one i think they need to lead into the music more honestly i do yeah. i think that that's so much part of what the rocky franchise was about it doesn't have to have the same theme well, i gotta get away from the theme, theme. yes but they but they they can provide some really fun stuff there and as much as i think that rocky 3 and rocky 4 have like too many montages like bring a montage back why isn't there a montage no there's a montage uh, in this it was a good well, one. one well it was good i thought it was a good one uh they had a montage the first at the beginning one the too. one from the first one was better though that's the that, well because it meant part. something it's not necessarily it was shot better although ryan coogler and his cinematographer i think better than this film but yes the, the i want to talk about the cinematographer in a moment but um, yes but i think that the montage is it's like we're talking about with the the boxing the boxing is addressing the montage is addressing we enjoy mm -hmm. a montage uh for what it means for the character 
So the first Raku's montage is not necessarily the greatest training video selling on YouTube. We love it because here's a guy who really should not have any opportunity here, but he's going to make the opportunity for himself. I mean, that's the power of the montage, self-help and all this kind of stuff. This film's montage is shot very well, right? And does have some cool music underneath it. It's intercut with Victor, who's no longer a steroid machine, but also training really hard as a human being. To be a monster but it doesn't resonate because uh at least for me i don't i don't care i'm, I'm not invested in the story at that point i think it's the writing you know i, I like michael yeah. b jordan i like tessa well, I, think that, I think i think what it's the skates on with this is what another reviewer wrote and i agree with it because the first one in my opinion is so good at the character development i'm actually able to let this slide a little bit because there's still carryover from that first movie where i still enjoy these characters and i still enjoy seeing what they're up to but like if this was the first film in the series i'd be like woof like this is here's the thing though i don't know if we talked about this with uh with casino royale but if you watch casino royale and then you watch quantum of solace it's not a bad film but when quantum of solace came out on its own it's fucking garbage because it doesn't make any sense if you want to put that argument on to creed fine because you're particularly you love to watch several things in sequence in preparation yeah. for the last but if you like me watched the original creed let's say six months ago and didn't want to watch creed 2 at the time and now i'm watching it as its distinct entity it's it's vastly underwritten because it presumes too much even for rocky it presumes too much why is, is he not talking to his son after he made amends in rocky balboa where did that come from why, why did he not go to his grandson's birth and life? It doesn't make any sense. They're just now in this pathos of him being needing to sit in front of a tombstone and cry about his hard life. I don't give a fuck anymore. You're supposed to have already fixed it, but it's back. It's back. Everything's back. Everything's got to do the same thing, you know? Felicia Sud's having this great moment, and all of a sudden, it's like, I don't want to watch another person die. I mean, that encapsulates the problem of this film. It's the exact same fucking story over and over and over, just beating you in the fucking face over and over. I was also watching this right. at one o'clock in the morning, so I'm a little well, bit. That, <laughs> that, that is on you. What I just want to say one last thing, having just uh, again rewatched Rocky Four this week. It's so I don't know, ironic, I guess. Hypocritical. That, that movie spends. This is such a, like a, an Americana like propaganda thing. Mm-hmm. This Russian guy, he's juicing to get all these big old right, muscles right. like stallone wasn't at that well, time like give me a break but whatever like that's the whole thing but that's the narrative that they're pushing right with the exception of x-men because colossus was an amazing superhero you know the specter of uh cold war is still a big problem which by the way like even like uh dolph lundgren in rocky four is like just a beast of a man like he dwarfs sylvester stallone in that movie it's like wild and the fact that he has like a what is it that i just found out this week a it's a master's engineering in, uh, degree or something like that he's a smart dude masters in chemistry i think to be honest it's not that hard to get i always love that fact i learned that when he did universal soldier we, like back in the 90s you know like this guy's not an idiot i mean he made masters of the universe and he made a <laughs> problematic punisher but yeah. uh he's actually in his personal life, a particularly accomplished, intelligent person. And when you watch an interview with him, he's well-spoken. It's just, you know, acting's acting's acting. Yeah. And he's famous for muscles. Got to Jones for a while. But I think, like, uh, was it John Byrne? I mean, X-Men, their rebuild was based around all these actors, right? Wolverine is mm-hmm. drawn like Sylvester Stallone, and Colossus is uh, more Dolph than uh, Arnold. I don't know. That's the thing about fun. It was surface level, but intended to be. And that's why I enjoy Rocky IV with the caveat that I know it's a bad movie, but I know exactly what I'm going to get when I turn it on. Whereas with Creed II, I knew because we watched it, but the first time I watched it, I half expected 
the first Creed. And what I got was something between that and Rocky IV, which is a mistake. Sure. They're too far apart. Too far apart. Well, let's do some backstory here then, and then we can finish up our discussion here. So this movie opens up on November 21st, 2018. It's rated... 3.5 on Letterboxd, has a 7.1 on IMDb, a 66 on Metacritic, and then over on Rotten Tomatoes, from 311 critics, it sits at an 83%, and then 5,000 plus users have it at an 80%. It's very high. It's available on DVD and Blu-ray, can rent it on iTunes and Google Play, and you can stream it on Amazon Prime. More on that in a, in a moment, but its budget was 50 million dollars to make this movie oh it's really expensive first one was 35 so yeah they upped the budget for uh, this one i'm guessing the star has got some more money okay, out of that. okay that makes sense yeah uh, they're all but established its box now. office was 214 million dollars so it made a lot of money <laughs> more than made up for that big budget its plot description from imdb is under the tutelage of rocky balboa newly crowned heavyweight champion adonis creed faces off against victor drago the son of ivan drago that was pretty close yeah, Actually, kind of like mine better because it didn't involve Rocky. <laughs> right. yeah. By the way, Rocky's there. So, <laughs> so you, you know. gotta watch it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> All right, Dave, it is time to play everyone's favorite game. Guess. Guess. Zach. Tag. Yes, that's right. You often will go into the movie theater and you'll see that row of posters enticing you, making you wet at the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> At least pronounce the H. No, are you just going to go with wet? Like wet, wet? The wet of the, the, your wet mouth. Um, as you feast on the so cinematic gross. classics you're about to, to consume. Maybe you are going to um, go and see the new M. Night Shyamalan movie, Knock at the Cabin. Here's another movie coming out. You see Batista with his little glasses again. Okay. He looked good in Blade Runner. I'm excited actually for that movie. Mm. Um, He'll maybe be disappointed. Anyways, it's Dave, this movie has a tagline. Mm hmm. I'm going to give you three options. Okay. One of these is the real tagline. The other two completely made up by me. So was the tagline to Creed 2, he's facing the ultimate challenge and fighting for his life? Is it, your legacy is more than a name? Or is it, there's more to lose than a title? Let's go two? Your legacy is more than a name? Sure. That is incorrect, Dave. Mm. The right answer is the last one. There's more to lose than a title. It had to be one of those two because they're similar and you would have copied yeah. one. Well, no, here's, here, <laughs> here's how I was being a little bit rude to you, Dave. These are actually all real taglines from other movies in the Rocky franchise. Ah. So uh, he's facing the ultimate challenge and fighting for his life is Rocky IV. Yeah. Your legacy is more than the name. The one you picked is actually the first Creed film. And then oh. this one is there's more to lose than a title. Asshole. It stars Michael B. Jordan as Adonis Johnson, Tessa Thompson as Bianca, uh, Sylvester Stallone as Rocky Balboa, Dolph Lundgren as Ivan Drago, and Florian Montano Montano Mont as Victor Drago. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they're Ukrainian. Well, they're in the Ukraine, yeah, yeah, because yeah, they not were... the Ukraine, Kyle. That's been corrected since the war started out. It's just Ukraine. Oh, so it's like the Facebook, <laughs> but. Uh... Yeah, I just thought it was interesting because it has so much more uh, modern political significance that there. When it opened mm -hmm. up, I had to just be like, well, Kiev doesn't look like that anymore. In just five years, yeah. So sad. But at any rate, uh, yeah, I thought they were Ukrainian. I guess, I, did I misread that? Well, I think they are still Russian, but they have been pushed out of their own country. Like, they were so okay. ridiculed that they decided to leave Russia and her guests being... Okay. Being that part also, like, when Bridget Nielsen's character comes out, I go, how stupid was that whole scene? It didn't make any sense. I couldn't comprehend 
I kind of like that aspect of it only because... I like the thought underneath it, but she comes out and then she walks off the screen and it's just... Uh, is he? Is she even his mother or is she... That's what... Oh, that's what I was reading. It. That's, that's, that's his I, mother that left them. I, I don't know. It's just a mess. And Dolph wants her respect again and his son is like, no, why should we respect her when she left well, us? His son's more like, please don't hit me in the face again. Uh, have you watched any of the Expendables movies? Uh, yeah. One, two... I think just two. I can't remember if I've not seen any of them. Aren't Maybe there four now? Watch those. I don't know. At least I four. They're not yeah, good. The first one was just fun because you don't like fun movies, as we learned this episode. <laughs> but of uh, the two of us, you are the one who is like anti-fun most of the, the time. The first one is just right. Like, oh, how come these old <laughs> action stars never made a movie together? And the second one's mm-hmm. like, well, why hasn't Arnold been in this? And the third one's just a mess because I think the third one is like Wesley Snipes and. That's why I didn't watch it. I was like, I don't Mel know. Mel Gibson. And, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm over it. Was that Mel Gibson's way back, actually? I think so. Mm, is in part. There were some other films around that time. But mm. cinematography in this movie is by a guy named Kramer Morgenthau, whose top four films are this movie, two episodes of Game of Thrones, Chef from 2014. It's a good movie. And Thor the Dark World from 2013. <laughs> It's a French lady who did the first Creed. It looks good. Who does like a lot of like independent French cinema it and feels, then did Creed. It feels like it though. Yeah. Because yeah. if you watch, like, again, having just rewatched it this week, like the fluidity of those yeah. fights, the one take like sweeping around, like there's some really cool shots. It's a beautiful movie. Where this one is much more like American very standard placement plate. and stuff. Yeah. It's pretty in the types. Like it's not, I'm not hating. Like, we've seen some no, weird cinematography the last years, but, but yeah. Okay, deep breath here, because this is, like, ridiculous. This is written by Jewel Taylor and Sylvester Stallone, based on a story by Sasha Penn and Theo Hadari Coker, featuring characters created by Sylvester Stallone, Ryan Coogler, and Stephen Capel Jr., directed by Stephen Capel Jr. Ugh, okay. <laughs> a lot of writers on this movie. Let's just put it that um, way. Tootsie had more. But those are all uncredited. <laughs> okay, so to briefly just talk about the first Creed film, that was made after producers saw Fruitvale Station specifically, uh, the first feature film by Ryan Coogler. Uh, they'd wanted to continue the Rocky franchise because MGM at that time was in bad financial trouble. <laughs> Unlike now, uh, and they're thriving. Well, they were just bought by Amazon, I know, so that's why. That's like, I, they, I hope you put some crickets dis- in there because uh, they fucked it up in general. Oh, yeah. Bond um, couldn't so save them. In bad financial trouble. Rocky is basically the only franchise or one of the only franchises that they have sole ownership of. They helped release the Bond films, but they didn't have ownership of Bond. So Rocky is really the only thing Don't that they have. The broccolis. No, well, yeah, because they will tell you, like, we're not doing that. No. Like, that's that's what, what did they do? Like, even Amazon, they were like, let's do like a, a James Bond series or like release it straight to Amazon like, Prime. No. And like, Albert Brock or Barbara Brock is like, go fuck yourself. That's not happening. <laughs> I've seen a picture of her and that's like, you want to talk about resting bitch face? She's great. She yeah. looks like she might be a spy. She's just like, no, yeah. no direct eye contact. So, uh, Stone also plays a part in getting this mo- uh, that movie made as he gave his blessing, apparently helped shape the script a little bit. And uh, Coogler's childhood friend, Aaron Covington, is a co-writer Sloane, at least for the first film is quoted as saying that like while he did give advice he didn't want to come aboard as a writer for that first film because there was just too much of a generation gap between him and the current generation so he just wouldn't know what younger people were striving for or wanting uh maybe he should have stayed mm-hmm. that way a coogler is asked to direct of course budget decent 35 mil movie comes out kind of a surprise critical hit along with a big success at the box office uh would also give Stallone his oscar nomination for best supporting actor so the success of creed leads to coogler 
getting the job to go and direct Black Panther, which uh, comes out. Let me just check my notes here, Dave. Oh, yes, it also comes out in 2018. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, mention that. This being a franchise means that Creed 2 was greenlit fairly quickly after this, of, after the success of the first Creed. Because of his involvement with Black Panther, Coogler can't come back and direct this movie, which was the original plan. It's too bad. But he does stay on as producer. Because Michael B. Jordan is also in Black Panther, the filming of this movie has to be delayed so that the Black Panther can get wrapped up because that shoot runs a little bit longer than expected and then he finally comes aboard to come and shoot this. Now, initially, when this movie was announced, like Cree 2, Greenlit, coming out, initially it is Stallone who's supposed to be the writer and director of this movie. Then, after a few months, it's announced, actually, it's going to be Stephen Capel Jr. who's going to be taking on that duty by himself or uh, taking on the duty of the directing. Stallone st- sticks around for the uh, for the writing part of it. Capel Jr. has a pretty wild career so far. He makes a short film that gets a lot of buzz in like 2014 or no, or like 2013. Then his first feature film called The Land. No idea. It gets released in like 2014 as well. Then he gets this gig. Because he's a friend of uh, Ryan Coogler. So he comes aboard and, and helps write this movie and direct it. And I'm guessing because he has a good relationship with either the producers or Coogler again. His next thing. So he goes from doing the short film, a movie I've never heard of in my life, a, a directing Creed 2. His next project is the next Transformers movie. Mm. Where he's going to be writing and directing that. So good for him. He'll make a I lot guess. of money. That's, it doesn't matter because anyone who watches those isn't mm. interested in anything other than I was, I think up. I said this before. I was out after Transformers Two. I couldn't. You shouldn't have been in couldn't. for Transformers One. It's f- fucking offensive, Kyle. Okay, it's. I thought I wanted. I wanted to see robots in disguise. Bludgeoning one of the greatest cartoon franchises of my youth, and it's Michael Bay. There's two fucking strikes to begin with, and then Mark Wahlberg's in it. I haven't actually watched it. Uh, so it's just never... Well, Mark Wahlberg isn't in the first few, oh, but yes. was, Who's in the first one? It's Shia LaBeouf in the first oh, right, couple right. Megan uh, Fox. Megan Fox. Yeah. So no, it was never going to be good. Talking about great cartoon series, put a pin in that. We'll come right back to that in just a moment. The story by credits are from people who have been working primarily in television. So Sasha on some Disney shows. Coker has worked on Ray Donovan and was the showrunner for Luke Cage. A little fun fact, this is the uh, Stallone connection. Sasha is working on the remake of Cliffhanger as we speak. So oh, he's writing right, and directing they're rebooting that. rebooting it. Is Stallone going to be in it? Of course he is. Probably. He's going to probably play the mountain or something like that. I, I could get it when you get old, but just let it go, man. Just make a new I'm film. above the law! As he like holds on to the, the cliff. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I, I know it holds up because I loved that movie when I was out. In they the need movies. to bring back John Lithgow. That's who they need to bring back in that movie. <laughs> I hope so. Like He'll just come to introduce that his son is now the terrorist. Is now the owner of yeah. the cliff, yeah. Uh, it's been so long. I have actually no idea what the uh, the premise of that Isn't movie is anymore. Heist? What are the Who criminals knows? doing on the There's no way of finding out, actually. No way of knowing. Oh, is it not available? I'm saying that as I sit in front of the internet, that there's no way of finding out what the plot synopsis of this oh, movie is. Oh, no. I just want to watch it again. I haven't watched Cliffhanger in easily 30 years, but... So, talking about that uh, great cartoon series of the past, Coker is working on an adaptation of Mask, the Mo- Mobile Armored Strike Command. Do you remember this cartoon? No. Mobile Armored Strike It's Command? part of the extended G.I. Joe universe, Dave. What? So, when did that come Which is come a sentence out? that makes me want to jump off a bridge. The cartoon was like mid-80s, like 85 to 88 or something like well, that. Well, G.I. Joe, of course, but I didn't never heard of the spin-off. But Mask was there, was like, it happened in the same block really? from my memory. I, I got nothing. 
Anyways, they're making a movie out of that, just so everyone knows. Now, Stallone is the credited writer, of course, along with this guy named Jewel Taylor. Taylor had been working as a boom operator and sound mixer up until this point. Mm -hmm. This is his first writing credit. Nice. Except for this one short film he makes in 2017. But he would go on to be given a story by credit in a movie that we've already talked about this this episode, Space Jam 2. And he's writing and directing a movie that is coming out this year called They Cloned Tyrone which is starring Kiefer Sutherland and Jamie Foxx. <laughs> Dave, Dave looks so excited to go and watch it. They cloned Tyrone. Watch it actually be good. And I'm the asshole, right? I know. Like at the end of the year, it's like, you know what the number one movie this year was? <laughs> they cloned Tyrone. Great movie. So this film gets released. It's not as critically acclaimed, although it still gets mostly positive reviews. Uh, what it does do, though, is outgross the original film, which leads to a third entry, of course, that we've talked about. According to Michael B. Jordan, a fourth film is basically guaranteed, which I would say, like, yeah, unless Creed 3, like, outright bombs at the box office, there's going to be a fourth well, movie. He's directing it, so we'll see. Yeah, he's directing it as well. What's also true is that uh, franchise filmmaking is looked at as a cash cow nowadays. So MGM, who is now owned by Amazon, as we mentioned. Uh, so not only is the Creed franchise continuing, although it sounds like Stallone is a little bit miffed, the fact that he's not in the third one. So that's a whole other story. But uh, Stallone has mentioned that he has pitched a story yep. where an illegal immigrant is befriended by Rocky to help him become a better fighter, which leads him on this journey through Mexico. No idea if that movie is being made at all. But he has pitched that I thought to it was studios. supposed to be a TV show, but that's such... That's such a bitter, that's a bitter response for not being part of Creed anymore. He yeah. just wants to make Creed without Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> oh, Basically. Fucking old prick he's turning into. And him. again, because of so how, how the media industry works nowadays, there was talk of having a Drago spinoff mm. film. I don't know if that's going anywhere. Probably not. Um, but there has been talk of a Rocky TV series, I'm guessing on Amazon Prime. Uh, I would say that within the short term, like the next five to ten years, there's probably going to be a lot of Rocky and Creed content coming out on Amazon Prime. Our, well, for the last 40 years, there's been a lot of Rocky and Creed yeah. stuff coming out every Eight five years. movies over 40 years is not like yeah, every five years. a glut. Well, I'm down for it. <laughs> Why not? I'm over it. I don't think I'm going to watch Creed 3 until it streams on Amazon Prime. I just... Uh, well, of course not. You you wouldn't dare set foot in the theater. Well, um, it takes a lot, and that's not a movie that I expect a lot from. I do regret no. not seeing Top Gun. We just couldn't make the schedule work. I regret not seeing everywhere, uh, everything everywhere. But there's not a lot of films that, in the lead-up... Like, if I was going to watch Avatar 2, which I don't really have an interest in, that's a theater movie, because it's fucking enormous mm -hmm. right i like everybody in it i like jonathan majors i i don't know why i'm not interested i think i'm not interested because of this movie could be i mean it's not, it doesn't like lead itself to be like oh my gosh i cannot wait to see the yeah. next installment i will agree with you there yeah. the series convened until creed and rocky face each other in the ring i guess we did talk about the different cinematographer i just want to grab her name but yeah in the original creed maurice albert alberti but she also, you know what other movie she did was The Wrestler with oh. Darren Aronofsky. So she has like some, Actually, some background I, with that. Now that you put those two together, of course she did. <laughs> of course. It, and Velvet Goldmine. And you oh. wouldn't think about those Weird. two movies. But it's like, as soon as you say like, oh yeah, I can see some similarities between how those are shot. And then just like a ton of like, yeah, French films that I've never heard of. Not, I, we're being so negative. I, like, what are the positives of this film? Because it's not a, it's not a train wreck. Um, no, I mean, that's what the, it's just that it never gets, never gets enough going. gas underneath yeah. it. Like I do, again, I, I like the characters. For the most part, I'm like semi-engaged, but there's like no emotional resonance to it. You like the characters from Creed 1. You don't like the characters in this film. 
right? I, I mean, you know. said it I yourself. Think you, I think that's splitting hairs a little bit, but I, I don't whatever. know. I mean, you had no problems uh, putting that up with the Rocky franchise, right? Like you and Jen were talking about how it separates itself from the Rocky lore that it's got its own thing. I, I don't know. It's well, I mean, I will say that's true. I, th I think I'm waiting for that moment to happen because I still contend that for most people, like even if you love the first Rocky movie, like I do, if you say Rocky, like the uh, the Rocky series, most people are going to think of Eye of the Tiger. They're going to think of Mr. T. They're going to think of Ivan Drago. They're going to think of all these things that don't actually happen in the first Rocky movie. It's all the stuff that happened later. I guess I'm waiting for the Creed films to like fully go into that direction. It's like, oh, when I think of Creed, I think of all these things, not just old stuff that they've already done 30 years ago. Well, I mean, I think of the stairs. That is something that we always, like, you know, that je ne sais quoi, what makes a movie timeless? People just can't give it a name, but people are going to be more connected to the Rocky anthem than Eye of the Tiger. Eye of the Tiger, we like because we grew up in the 80s and the 90s. But you hear the Rocky fanfare, right? Dun, 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 dun. Everybody sure. knows that's Rocky. My kid will know that that's Rocky. That's just, that's Rocky. It's like Star Wars. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, even Indiana Jones to some uh, extent, although that's fading because they haven't been able sure. to keep that, that thing up. Going, yeah. To your point, what Creed maybe needs is its own anthem. And if we're going to go into the urban experience, the one of the problems with using hip hop or, well, you know, Black Panther to their credit, they use actual like proper artists and not just fucking radio static. But mm. it's very hard to build a timeless sampling, especially nowadays with all the copyright infringement problems. Yeah, I guess so. So they start to disappear because a little I think, bit. I think Again, this is me being an old man and white, but like, yeah, that Rocky theme, which does appear sort of as like um, a light motif mm -hmm. throughout this film and even the first Creed film. It's all over yeah, this that, movie. That, yeah, too much. That hits me. It's like, oh yeah, like I love this mm -hmm. theme, but it's like, well, maybe it's time for something new. Let's let's find a Creed theme. They need let's it. Let's have that yeah. be, be his own thing. The montages are scored really well in both films using, let's call it young black American music. Yeah, so it gives the right tone. It's hard to make something timeless, and I don't know. I don't know what what that secret sauce is. Maybe Michael B. Jordan's got a line on on an anthem, but to a, to a certain extent, I think what the Creed, both Creed films have done, and maybe underbaked in this film, but I still appreciate it, is that just because of the product of their time, there is this underscore of like the great white hope, or like the the white guy tr uh, trouncing over, because <laughs> we're Americana and we we stand up for that. Well, that's the thing Where about Creed the first, kind of yeah. been standing that on its head a little bit in the in these two. And it's like this is the new America. This is something a little bit different. And that'd be amazing if they used the childish Gambino. This is America for it. <laughs> Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. Boxing, basketball, soccer, and to some extent baseball. Baseball is still predominantly uh, white because it's expensive to play here. Are sports for the poor, right? You can go to, right. at least historically, you go to a boxing gym and essentially beg to be in there. You didn't have to pay some of these gym owners the exorbitant fees. It's changed. Everything's changing now because, you know, capitalism, commercialism are just poisoning the fucking well and everything. But so there was a stage, I think, in the, I mean, throughout history, of course, there've been great black boxing champions. And a lot of the ones that ought to have been were suppressed by white supremacy. So they weren't even allowed to compete. Uh, but there was definitely a period in the 80s and 90s where uh, almost all the successful boxers were either Mexican or black. There were very, very mm. few successful white boxers and there's certainly I, to my mind there's uh, a guy from boston this irish guy he fought mm. uh the mexican three times those that guy was a crazy fighter but outside of a few guys like that they just haven't uh, been up there and i think that's 
white American culture saying, don't box, play hockey or lacrosse or sure. something where no, we can no afford rich it. People right? sports, yeah. um, I don't know what the poor white kids are doing, right? That they're not involved as much in these sports as I we do. I think it's meth, Dave. <laughs> Okay, one last thing. I just wanted to mention one last thing. I love that they have Michael Buffer in these two movies, yeah. who is like just the epitome of like big events just, and yeah. was like such a huge part of WCW when I was growing up as well. Like that was like the big main event. Michael Buffer is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Let's get ready to rumble. So it's amazing that, yeah, I discovered them on WWF and then all of a sudden they're everywhere. I don't think they were doing boxing <laughs> at the time. And then now they're doing boxing and uh, UFC and I've seen that. Uh, great voice, man. Yeah. Uh, in one, that's the championship I, I've been watching on YouTube a lot. It's great fighting. They've got a different guy, but it's, you have to sound like, you got to sound like a buffer, like a buffer. now. It's just a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Michael or Bruce, but you got to, there's a, there's a format now. We're done here. All right. Well, uh, the machine said that we have to wrap things up. Uh, I don't know if we really talked about the movie as much as like complained about certain aspects that we would have rewritten. I think that's but, the problem. Uh, that talking about this movie is to complain about certain aspects of the film. Sure. I asked you already like three minutes ago, what are the positives of it? Well, I, I tried to tell you and then you interrupted me by saying I was wrong. Mm. So, Because <laughs> you are. I don't know. I get it. it's, it's one of those weird movies that it's hard to say. Like I have all these criticisms and at the same time, I'm like, I know. I'm still mostly positive on yeah, this, honestly. It's like fine. it's not like a bad watch no. but it's like is it good as good as creed one no yeah my would i ever choose to watch this over creed no, no. i'm always going to pick the first one yeah. so so let's get into critics choice here first this is the part of the show where we discover what the critics thought at the time that this film was released so first person i'm going to go to is wen lee ma from news.com slash au so she must be australian Creed 2 does beat you over the head with its sentimentalism. Too much text instead of subtext. But it's generally effective, if not a touch too cheesy. It's effective because the first Creed did such a great job at establishing the characters that as soon as you're plunged back into the world, you immediately care about them. And that helps immensely by strong performances from Jordan, Thompson, Stallone, and company. You also have to give massive props to Lundgren, who carried off Ivan's character development and emotional climax with surprising grace. I mean, that was the, like the most positive I could actually find, like which is still somewhat medium on the movie. Sam Adams from Slate.com was a little bit more negative, who went, Coogler's Creed interrogated the Rocky series, including the Great White Hope subtext of the originals from the ground up. But Creed 2 just skims along the surface. Instead of Maurice Alberti's meticulously choreographed long takes, we get Morgenthau's phoned-in cinematography, including a scene in the kitchen of Adonis's mother that's one of the most indifferently shot things I've ever seen in a major studio movie. The whole film is egregiously lazy, committing unforced errors like having a boxing commentator say that Adonis, the son of a former heavyweight champion, has the most unlikely beginnings for a boxing champion. Mm. The movie occasionally works in its own crude way, and there's enough residual feeling left in Jordan's and Thompson's performances to stir even the skeptical heart. But it's depressing that after Creed's success, Creed 2 feels like it's just a step above a straight-to-video knockoff designed to get a little bit more from the first movie's audience, but not to increase it. It's made as if they don't expect there to be a Creed 3. I actually do agree the most with that last statement. It does not feel like it's trying to set anything up, no. which normally I like, I, I don't need like massive setups, but this does feel like, like well, this is the closing of this chapter and oh, that, we're going to be done with this. You know that if they were doing that, it's a poor closing. I think that's the problem. Mm-hmm. All right. They didn't set up the next one and it's not a good way to end this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, this is, a, I think, the thing goes back to my first initial argument. He shouldn't have won the championship. Yeah. I think there should have been a grudge match. Yeah. And the third one is all about him winning the championship. Yeah, but that ship has sailed. Yeah. So. so Dave, we ask this question every week. Does this hold up and is it still culturally relevant? I don't think so. I think that, I think this movie, it's kind of, you know, I was just thinking it's like Rocky 2. 
I don't think people are going to remember it in five years, right. except when they try to do a, a series. The rewatch, yeah. Uh, I don't think it touches any cultural points. I do want to just argue quickly that the first Rocky was not the Great White Hope. It was another uh, subjugated class of people because Italians were not That is true. I think that's, that's important to say. But, you know, he did embody it later, certainly post-Reagan, uh, Rocky Three, Rocky Four, Rocky. Yeah, yeah. Five. Rocky Balboa, really. Five, I don't know. He's just a dirty bum in five. I was going to make these jokes. Like, they always have to, like, have the son of. Yeah. And I think that Creed Four should be Michael B. Jordan going up against uh, uh, the kid oh. who was bullying <laughs> Stallone's son. I know that makes the most sense. Oh, man. Uh, Fight him in the streets. Can you imagine? Um, <laughs> it's going to be a no one, no on this as well. Yeah. Which is like, again, if I, we're talking about the first Creed, completely different conversation. This one, I think, suffers that uh, follow-up yeah. thing where it's just like, it's just not as good as the first one. Doesn't really have a lot of ideas. Feels underbaked a bit. But uh, I have, I'm, ho- I'm holding out hope. I'm hoping that the third one is actually something that I really, really love. Before we do rate this film, though, that's what Dave and I thought. What do you think? You can send any feedback to Kyle and Dave, vs the machine at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter or Instagram with the handle KDVSTM. We also release videos on our YouTube channel if you want to see the entire list of films that we've watched and the ratings we've given you can go to our letterboxd page that's letterboxd.com slash kdvstm and if you want to support us monetarily so that we can continue doing this podcast and not usher in the next apocalypse you can go to our patreon page there's a link in the show notes of this episode you can support for as low as a dollar per month and something that you can do for absolutely free is leave a rating and review on whatever app you use for podcasts dave let's get to the rating of this movie so out of five what are you going to give Rocky? No. What are you going to give Creed to? See, that's the problem. That was exactly, that encapsulates the problem with this film. You know, when we started, I was hovering at a three, but I'm going to drop down. You're right. I'm going to go with a 2.5. I think there's just too mm-hmm. much to argue about for this to float any higher than that, which sucks because sure. uh, I think I gave Creed a four, four. And I like Creed a lot. And I think I'm also extra disappointed by that. So yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm basically there with you. I just have a slightly more positive feeling to this because uh i'm a softy so i'm giving it a three so just right down the middle is fine i think it is indicative that i watched this movie and i was like i did watch this movie but so much of this i had forgotten mm-hmm. i just like i don't remember any of this stuff yes again that's what a three out of well, five movie uh, is weird it's like something i've completely forgotten rather than something i hate they can tell you why i don't like I, it i remember the training montage i knew that the daughter was going to be born uh deaf i knew that you know they're going to marry it and all this i knew all the beats and i still didn't care it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's too bad. Anyways, too that bad. is going to average to 2.75. It's going to be um, rounded down to 2.5, which means it's going to enter our list at the number three position right underneath the favorite here currently, but we've only watched three films so far this season. So let's find out what we're going to watch next week. I'm going to push this button here. Oh my God, this is such a shock, Dave. We're going to be watching Black Panther. So we get to Continue our Ryan Coogler talk, our Michael B. Jordan talk. And you know what? I, I was going to bring this up when you brought up a little earlier. Uh, Ryan Coogler's made three cultural touchstone points for young black experience. And all of them have Michael B. Jordan. Yep. That Black Panther, having recently yeah. watched Wakanda Forever, which uh, we'll talk about next week, it reminded me how important Black Panther was for American culture. I mean, the fact that people mm-hmm. do Wakanda salutes in sports Still, games that's yeah, fucking yeah. amazing until then um do, do you want one of these rabbits can you please take one of these rabbits i'm gonna need a sharper knife they are good boxers <laughs> i have been training them for boxing <laughs>
I used to be a fighter until an opponent popped off my head.